everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pod on Your Loons. I'm Justin. I know that that was your sad voice, but it kind of sounded like you were doing like <laughs> those long distance dedications. I, for, I forget what <laughs> they were always on like the soft rock station in the 90s. You'd hear someone making like long distance dedications and they'd pick like some Rod Stewart song that shared this their feelings. One, this, on. this next one goes out to Becky in San Francisco. We're going to listen to Rod Stewart's, some Rod Stewart song. <laughs> yeah. It was either Rod Stewart or Celine Dion. It was one of the two. Tom Jones. This, this is- one goes out to Steve in Arkansas. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. It wasn't that kind of stuff. It was like the, man, you're the love of my life. I miss you so much. I can't wait to be back in your arms, that sort of thing. Well, maybe that's, I'm longing, it's longing because I'm longing for a, a good soccer team. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> like, Harry, hey, I know that this wasn't 90s, but like, hey there, Delilah. Think, hey, hey there, Delilah. Oh, In fact, I think the lady's name was Delilah. She was like nationally syndicated and she would do, she would do these. Delilah. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. For sure. Anyway, guys, I'm Sam. Good to be here, I think. Yeah, put, put on your loons, I think, James. <laughs> yeah. How are we, guys? James, remember when you became a part of this this podcast slash became a fan of this team because you wanted to avoid the heartache of your home club arsenal, and then you just took on the Minnesota heartache with us? How much you love that? I uh, know, Justin. It's like, it, it's actually good because I don't have to change my emotions and how I feel no matter which team I'm supporting because I'm <laughs> essentially going through the same thing at the same time. So it's, it's just, it's the same, man. A lot of hashtag people out is uh, what's filling up my Twitter feed right now. I got it from both sides. But to step away from this for one second... How's life outside of being a Minnesota United football fan at the moment, guys? It's pretty good. It's a nice day here in Minnesota. So this is Sunday night right now. Beautiful outside. We went to the park twice today. That's the sign of a good weekend. Was it because you were like, you want to go to the park? Or was it because Cece was like, park twice? (laughs) Uh, No. So... Before her nap, so before lunchtime around 10 o'clock or whatever, we were just like, you know, it's really nice. Let's go for a walk. And we walk past the park and she's two. She's actually turning two on Tuesday. So by the time some of you are listening, I will have a two-year-old. And she was just reaching out towards the slides. So we're like, hey, we got time. Let's let's go down some slides. And then we had a play date with one of my college buddies and his kid who is around the same age to meet at a different park around three o'clock today. So yeah, overall a good day to be at the park. Double parked. Nice. Did you, did you, uh, Sam, are, are you the breakfast and bread? Be, uh, the Sam, are you the breakfast in bed kind of person for, for Sarah? Did you like make her anything today? What were no. the, maybe, maybe the better question is like, what were the, the mom's day festivities? So, this this is actually actually very relevant to a Minnesota United podcast. So my wife doesn't like a lot of stuff, right? Like every year for Christmas or her birthday or Mother's Day, I'm like, do, do you want anything? She's like, not really. And, you know, I end up getting her like flowers, something that she needs anyway. It's not really special, right? But she, I overheard her, 
saying that she wanted this big purse that could double as, you know, kind of like a mini diaper bag. And it was like a coach purse. So it was a little bit more expensive, but it was on sale. And it came out to being about $160, which is the same price as a new personalized <laughs> river kit. So <laughs> Interesting. On the day, a month from now, <laughs> I'm figuring since I set the precedent of roughly $160, you know, that, that river kit that, because usually I wait for them to go on sale, but that didn't work with the drift kit. So I can't let that happen to me again. Hey, I, 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 I pointed out to you though, Sam, that the as a part of like the initiatives to try to get Americans to get vaccinated, if you have a vax, if you're vaccinated, you get like thirty percent off MLS gear in the month of June. So I think you got to wait. It said to get, at the stadium, right? Is that so what it was? I thought it said at the stadium. Then which, bring Sarah to the black and blue store and just have her buy it for you there. Oh, she wouldn't even have to come with. I could just go after work. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so so it's uh, so it's Foster Langsdorf on the back of that jersey, Sam. Uh, I'm not buying it for you, James. <laughs> <laughs> who who would it be on the back then? I'd get Hassani. Yeah, we'll be we'll be twins then, because because Michelle got me one of those for my birthday. What? Yeah, well, <laughs> we can't both be Hassani Dotson fans. Why didn't you send us a picture? Like, <laughs> no, I, why I, am I, I don't hearing about yet. this now. She just what, couldn't yeah, wait to tell me. Why like, is this my, the first so, I'm hearing of it? <laughs> so my, I just found out about this. So my birthday is May 17th, a week from tomorrow, whatever, I guess a week from whenever people listening. But yeah, she, she told me that she got me a Hassani Dawson Jersey. So are you okay with that, Sam? Does it bother you? I mean, I mean, it bothers me, but I'll be okay. <laughs> you can tell by the face. No one else can, but we can. We can. What's wrong with matching? We could just wear our what? matching jerseys together. Just yeah, it's, it's easy, Sam. You get Renoso, and then between the three of us, we have the front three. Oh Ooh. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Segway to the topic of the game. Right. Uh, <laughs> I want to share though about my life. Can I share about my oh, yeah. life a little bit? Yeah, yeah, go Skiffer. So we're like we're packing up our apartment right now. I mean, yeah. obviously you guys can't see it because I see the Dyson. I see the Dyson. The Dyson has been getting some work. Um, yeah. We've been selling off a bunch of our stuff. So like we sold the we, like we had, like oh, yeah. we went through and we, we had moved all this stuff and we went through all these boxes of things that we've just moved to multiple locations. <laughs> and one of them was like some old video game stuff. So I sold, we sold the Wii. Uh, we sold a painting that we have in our apartment that we don't need. Like we've sold some furniture it's been kind of crazy. Uh, the big day is next Thursday is when we close on our house. So you're just getting excited for that. Nice. And you haven't even asked me to help you move yet. Oh, everyone's asking me to move, Sam. Like everybody wants to help. Did pe- does everyone actually want to help or they just want to like give you the perception that they want to help? That's why yeah, I don't know. One, right. <laughs> Cause you don't, you don't know when you actually go to call on everyone, whether they're going to be like, Oh, was it, Oh, was it that weekend? Oh, man. Oh. Book solid on Saturday. Oh, uh, yeah. Oops. Well, and you have a decent-sized car, but you don't have a truck, so it's not even that they're just trying to get moving karma so that they can use your truck later when they have to move? Because <laughs> you have that Jeep. It's a solid car for moving stuff, but it's no Not, no not a ton of room. Not a ton yeah. of room. 
It's not an We're, we're going to borrow thing. my wife's my my or my father in law. I guess I can refer to him as my father in law. Has a truck in a in a trailer that we're going to borrow. When when you when you guys say truck, do you mean like F four fifty or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You see them here, and it's like you don't. Why? Like people don't need that big a car here. I remember it being very rare to see a pickup truck in England. But yeah. in Wisconsin, it's all pickup <laughs> trucks. <laughs> Eau Claire? How many people in Eau Claire had pickup trucks? Yeah, a lot. A lot of them were doing jobs that required a pickup truck too. But yeah, quite quite a few pickup trucks in Eau Claire. I mean, when you're a student at Eau Claire, almost everyone around you is either from the Twin Cities or Madison or Milwaukee or whatever. But <laughs> Let's get into let's get into some Minnesota United news, or just some soccer news in general, though. What what about James? James? Are oh you yeah, doing James. Okay? What's your life like? Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks, guys. Your place nice. looks great. Thank you. It's real good. You got um, some booze back there. You have, I see a blender bottle and then some booze. Yeah, yeah. That's like the the booze shelf is uh, this one. I like it. Yes. Yeah. What do you got there? There's a, there's a Glenlivet, there's a Dalwinnie, uh, there's some gin in the back as well. There's also some like cherry liqueur from uh, Austria, like cherry schnapps, basically. Schnapps and something else in there as well. I think Cointreau. I think Cointreau's in there as well. Nice. Yeah, can, that's good though. Can you though. say liqueur? <laughs> liqueur. <Damn. laughs> Jesus. And did you say cherry <laughs> schnapps? What did you say? <laughs> Sam, Sam, you're not the one that can talk. Schnapps. <laughs> Schnapps. 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 So just one more tangent story. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I was in I was in the school's musical. And it was Brigadoon, if anyone knows that one about the Scottish town that appears once every hundred years. And I was the drunk American best friend. And so my character carried around a flask everywhere. And in high school, I did not drink a drop other than like communion wine. So, and even then Wisconsin? I typically in Wisconsin, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. It was Madison. I thought, right? I like, thought you drank. I think it, you, you drank when you were 13, they could bring your parents could bring you to the bar and give you a beer. They didn't do that. Uh, they did not know. I thought that was a. I thought everybody did. That was whoa. Hold on, my my what? my world is being awoken. I thought that every like for real, like because isn't that the rule in Wisconsin that if as long as you're like 13 and you're with a parent, you can drink alcohol. It's 16. Okay, whatever. At an age that's younger than everyone else. And it's not wild. that you're. It's not. Isn't that, that wild, James? Like 16. so, you're not. Hold on, hold on. There's a couple of misconceptions here. You're not entitled to drink alcohol just because you're 16 with your parents. Uh, the restaurant would have to allow it. And a lot, a lot it, of does them it would. happen. So when I lived in Eau Claire as a college student, I knew a lot of people that went with their parents to go when their parents were in town. I knew a lot of people that went with their parents to a bar and they were served alcohol there. Uh, no questions asked in Eau Claire having a lot of friends that were from other parts of the state. I knew a lot of people that had that experience growing up in Madison. I don't think there were a lot of establishments where they would serve minors Mm. just because they're with their parents. Fair enough. Probably like tiny bars, like go to the VFW or whatever. And that would be that kind of place. That kind of place more more likely. Yeah. 
Isn't that crazy, James? How do you feel about this, James? Well, I mean, I think it's wild that you guys can't drink until 21 anyway. Like, the rest of Europe's getting smashed at 18, or the rest of the world. Basically. But then they can't. you can't drive until you're older, though, right? I think that's the, the kind of the trade-off. Well, you don't no, need to I drive can, there. I can you start driving, I think, in Australia, I can start driving when I'm 16. Mm. I thought no, I like in, like, England. Maybe, I'm, maybe I, I don't know anything. I thought I heard that in Europe. They moved the, the driving age. Netherlands is 17, I think. Mm. But like you have to get learners and then you have to drive with like at least one other person in the car for a bit okay. uh, before you go to full. But it's generally like 18 is kind of when you're at the full license stage. But you can start physically driving at like 16 or 17. Well, parts of Europe, like I think in Italy, you can be like 16 to buy wine. Yeah, yeah that wine's great. Yeah, yeah Italy. Anyway, back back to the tangent that led to this tangent, okay? Also, you're not allowed to call us out on tangents later in this episode. (laughs) So I was in this musical. I was a senior in high school. I didn't drink a drop besides communion wine. And even then, I would request grape juice if they had it. I played this drunk best friend in in the musical Brigadoon. And my character carried around a flask everywhere and he was pretty much drinking the entire time. And as like the goody good in the casting crew, everyone else uh, mostly had partaken in the spirits once or twice by then. <laughs> and so it was kind of a game for the rest of the casting crew to see if they could spike my flask. <laughs> oh, okay. Also- also, how do you play the drunk best friend when you have absolutely no idea? He watched movies. He probably just just like watch actors be drunk, right? Well, it's still like I was going to a public school. They didn't want me to be overtly drunk. They just wanted me to tell jokes. So, you know what, James? I have it on DVD. If you ever want to watch party, watch party episode. I'll be drunk for that, but well, <laughs> hey, you, you, at, at this rate of the season, it might be a better watch. <laughs> hey, man, the first twenty-three minutes were really great, James. All right, fell, fell on top of the world. <laughs> Tangent over. Just quickly with some news: Ford Madison one-one away draw at FC Tucson, Minneapolis City three-zero away win at Sioux Falls Thunder. So at least some of our local teams are getting points. <laughs> getting points. <laughs> Adrian, who knew? Uh, Kel said on the broadcast he'd be like another 10 days. So that would mean he's likely not available for Vancouver Whitecaps or Dallas, but should be available for the May 29th match at RSL. He's going to boot a ball into the stand. It's going to be great. Franco Fragapene also should be on his way. I'd say really the only update is that Heath and the club, the way that they talk about him, they're referring to the deal as more or less being done. So that that is all good news, hopefully going in the right direction. If it matters at that point, it should matter. We're not too <laughs> doom and gloom here. <laughs> Let's get into the game. It was a 4-3-3, guys. In the attack, it was Reynoso on the left, Robin Lud up top in the center, and Dotson on the right. The midfield, it was three of them this time, Trap, Gregish, and Ozzy all getting the start. Our back line was Gasper, Raytalia, Boxy, and Matinair, and it was Dane St. Clair in the goal. 
Of course, our subs were Finlay in for an injured matinee in the 67th minute. Brent Coleman came on for Emmanuel Reynoso in the 79th. Abila came in for Retalia, and Agudelo came on for Lud in the 83rd as we were trying to salvage a point at that point. <laughs> and all of our young guns that we have become accustomed to seeing in the past three games, they all stayed on the bench. And then just the final note is Baki Debasi was in training, but he was not match fit, so he was not even on the bench. Guys went through that relatively quick, but what are your thoughts on this lineup? I like it because, you know, when you're 0-3 and things aren't going your way, you have to change something, and that change usually starts with the lineup. It's not necessarily the players. It's usually you're changing the lineup, you're changing the formation, you're trying to change tempos, you're trying to do something different. And look, we changed to a 4-3-3. We scored two goals fairly quickly. And like Justin said, it looked good. We were on top of the world. But it worked, right? We we changed the lineup and suddenly we scored goals and we looked good. Sure, it you know went rubbish at the end. But... Yeah, I mean, we've got to try stuff, guys. We're now 0-4. We're not going to win games by sticking to the same old thing. So just mix it up. Like, is, is, is it too early to call it a like a rebuild year or a, a kind of like test things out year? Like, we've got to do something. And I yeah, guess, I guess I, true. Go ahead, Sam. You go ahead, sir. I, I was just going to say, I, I don't think we can call it a rebuild year. There's too many older guys on the team. Rebuild year implies you're bringing in a lot of younger guys and not, you know, trotting out guys in their 30s. So, plus it is early, right? We can't be too doom and gloom at this point. We still have to try to salvage the season. Justin, your turn. Yeah, so I I like this lineup. I guess I like the formation a lot. That's actually the formation that I spent a lot of time with my FIFA, FIFA team playing in. It's really good. I mean, like if you like if you want to be like all out offensive. Having two like defensive center midfielders or central defensive midfielders is a really good way of doing that, right? So guys that you you feel comfortable playing for, but it also gives you kind of a block of four central defenders in the back end when it's time to defend. You know, so I like that a lot. I think it it, it works really nice. So it, it kind of does the things that we need to have happen, right? We need uh, Gasper to have and Metnair to have help on the defensive end because they're going to play so far forward. So I liked it a lot. And I mean, obviously it, it showed results with the the two goals. I mean, obviously the first one was just a banger, a sweet, sweet banger by our, our boy Ray. But the second one was just an awesome, just run, you know, and some, a team goal, right? Like it was really good to see. So I liked the formation. I thought it looked good with all the injuries that we currently have. It feels like the best group to have out there, you know, besides maybe trying to have Abila be this, the guy up top, but. Yeah. Other than that, I, I, I was fine with the lineup. It felt like the best 11 guys on our team were fit into the lineup. Of course, the best 11 healthy guys on our team fit into this lineup. Yeah. So, James, I, I'm especially interested. <laughs> you, you know, this was a 9 p.m. Central start time. And so that would have been 4 a.m. 4 a.m. for you. So you were asleep. Yep. What were your thoughts when you woke up in the morning and you saw that Minnesota United lost again? And then what were your thoughts when you saw that at one point we were up 2-0 and still lost again? What, yeah, what, so, what were you thinking? So when I opened my phone, 
because I was like, oh my God, we played, got to open my phone, got to have a look. And I, I have the MLS app, so I get all the notifications for the Loons game. So it, you basically, it starts at the top. So I'm looking down these notifications. It's like 1-0. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. 2-0. Nice. Halftime, 2-0. Excellent. And then it's 2-1, 2-2, 3-2. Final scores, 3-2. Yeah, it was, uh, it was sad. Kind of just wanted to go back to bed and hope that you know, I woke up and it wasn't it was a dream or a nightmare. It pretty sucked, actually. Like James, I have a question for you, James. Did you did you like look at our our chat before you saw that? Like looked at the score, or did you look at the score first? No. So <laughs> I opened my phone, saw there was like seven or eight or ten messages or something in the WhatsApp, and was like, "I'm going to check the score first, and then <laughs> and then check the chat." But yeah, it's yeah, it's just depressing, guys. Like I don't like waking up to the fact that we that we lose again. Yeah, you know, I watched the highlights. Man, we scored some bangers. <laughs> Lots of Dodson and that free kick was just amazing. But you know, they hit the post twice. <laughs> there was uh, a goal line save from Italia, like headed away. They just they looked threatening like the whole time, and and yeah, they, they uh, in Colorado. Yeah, the Rapids, yeah. I mean, we we had opportunities, and I think Chase Gasper put one over the bar early on as well. I mean, waking up to another loss is, is, is never good, right, to be honest. Now, Justin and I did have the WhatsApp chat going. It was a 9 o'clock start time, and I won't lie, in the second half I started getting a little bit sleepy, and that's why, <laughs> and that's why most of the texts in the app group were relatively happy like oh get excited that kind of thing or Asane those were the kind of texts that were in that group and then I I started getting tired and then started getting depressed and (laughs) there was a lot less texting going on in the second half so Justin I don't even totally know how were you feeling like what were your reactions to what was going on how you make sense of that uh I mean there's it just felt so good, like to get out the gate to have Reynoso hit that, hit that free kick shot was unreal. To have Dotson score very shortly after that to make it two nothing, uh, like twenty three minutes into the game, you're just feeling great. You're feeling great about things. Uh, the whole first half felt good. I mean, we go into. I don't think they scored. When did they? When did their first goal? Fifty seventh minute. So the first half yeah. felt fantastic. You know, like I feel like we we came out the gate strong, like we have every single game. Just we have so much energy at the beginning of the game. We're pressing like crazy. We're attacking, 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 and then we just run out of gas. And that kind of felt like it again, right? Uh, something that was that I at the time, like I did, I like Callum kept saying over and over again, like you wonder if playing in the altitude will have any effect on them in the second half. Like he, he said that Sam like four times in the first half. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, Callum, come on, guy. Like, like we're going to be fine, right? <laughs> like, also, don't, man, I feel like sometimes Callum and, and Adrian are talking and Adrian, like, goes up to Callum and he's like, man, we're going to, like, we're going to ball out in the first half and we're going to hold on for our life because this altitude, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Callum knows exactly how the yeah. game's going to play out. It's just like... Callum, don't don't do that to us because that's like he was he was like setting the seed for like the excuse, right? And in the post game, 
Adrian Heath made it clear there would not be an excuse. No excuses were allowed is what he said in the in the post game. Not verbatim, but that was generally what he said. Which leads me to my next question here. Can there be any more excuses? Can we talk about Adrian Hunu not being with the team yet? Can we talk about Franco Fragapane not being there? Can we talk about Baki Debasi not being healthy? Can we talk about Nico Hansen, who we haven't ever actually even seen in a game? Can we talk about him not being healthy? <laughs> are these excuses that are legit excuses, but are they valid anymore? I don't think so. I think, but I think it's also tough because, yeah, we obviously have a lot of players that are injured already and who aren't quite there yet. But do we really think that one or two or three players is going to suddenly change our entire fortune? I mean, sure, we added Renoso and man, did we look better. Like, far and away better last season when we added Ray and he's still on the field. Yeah. And we're still losing. We, we even got a very special goal out of him today. Mm. Right. Right. Like that goal that we got out of him today. That's why he makes the big bucks. That's why we brought him in is to do special things like that. Make magic happen. And he did it. And we still couldn't pull out the win. Even with that. I think we're running out of excuses. I, we may have already run out, but I think it's, yeah. How, what have we got left? What we're going to add, like we're going to add three or four players and suddenly we're just going to become this magical side. I mean, I, I heard, guess. I heard that David Luis was linked with, you know, MLS, maybe just maybe Oh man, we'll get that DP slot. You know what? You, you brought it up, James. You're like, why doesn't anyone use a DP slot on a defensive player? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're going to do that and we're going to bring our boy David Luiz and he's going to let in some sick own goals just in the okay. MLS this time. I tease James about this, but as a Chelsea guy, I actually do love David Luiz. Like he was he was a fun guy when he was on your team and then him leaving to Arsenal kind of ticked me off, especially in the manner that he did. But he was fun while we had him. I'd, I'd welcome him to the loons. I can't, I don't know if he'd pick us, but, but I mean, I, I think we just need, we need another defender. I mean, we scored two goals guys. Like, I mean, obviously like two goals, I mean, two goals is awesome. It could be th- like three would be amazing. Right. But like, you got to play defense, you know, yeah, can- this is, yeah, this is the problem. You know, you look at the attacking side of that lineup and it looks good. There's goals there. There's, there's link up play it looks good. Our defense doesn't look good. But does our defense not look good because we're not threatening at all on offense? I get that we had two goals within, what, the first 25 minutes or whatever, but we didn't have a lot of chances after that. And definitely throughout the second half, there wasn't anything to write home about. So, yeah, yeah who's, by who's theory, we the have clearance? a good offense. Huh? Who's going to get, like, like, I mean, like the the part that killed us when they're just peppering us with shots and we're just... We're just kind of standing around, right? Like, yes, obviously, like offense, you know, having good buildup, having possession is going to change things. But man, it, it felt like we were, it was just like inevitable, right? Like we aren't getting this ball out of our own area. And they just kept hitting, peppering us with shots. And it's it like, eventually it's get, like, that's how soccer works, right? Like eventually one of those is going to go in. And, and, and then it just kept, kept going in. Yeah. And if you look at like the stats across the MLS, 
we are joint last with Cincinnati on goals that we've allowed. We've allowed 10 goals already. And only only Cincinnati has a worse goal difference. That's only because they've scored two goals and we've scored three. I'm honestly surprised that there is a team with a worse goal differential than us. And I'm they have surprised a point. that it is Cincinnati, but... Because they have a draw. They literally have a minus eight goal difference and they have a draw. Yeah. Sounds I'm sure they've only right. played three games, but... Like, you know what I mean? I guess, I guess some silver lining and obviously like we don't need to keep, we don't need to make excuses. We can also be frustrated. We have every right to be, you know, obviously being 0-0 and 4, right? That sucks. But looking at the table, I mean, who's, do you guys, have you guys looked and seen who is by us at the bottom of the Western Conference, right? In yep. 12th place, Portland, Portland with Those horrible uh, with- jerseys. Who just lost today to the Sounders, by the way. They got three points. They got a, they got one win and, and three losses. Sporting Kansas City in 11th, right? They have four Wait, points. I- hold on. Portland, one win, three losses. James was, or not James, Nate was just texting us, kind of giving us ass <laughs> about our team. <laughs> Hit him up. Yeah, he, he, he only he has just one less the- loss than we do. Yeah, and he, he they just lost to the Sounders. Right. And it's in, in Sporting KC, it looks like, did they just lose 0-1? Nope. No, they, they're, they're currently, they're currently losing. losing to Austin, Austin, right? Who we just lost to. So, so I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that, oh, like, that makes it better, right? But those were two teams that we had in our, you know, ne- maybe not all of us had both of them in our top four. I think I did. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think it makes it better that Nate isn't happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Leeds just beat Tottenham. So he probably can't be happy about that either. But I I think it, I think it's early. I I think, I mean, obviously we can't, we can't say Heath out just yet. Um, And we'll have some conversation maybe about when that will be something that's legit to say later on. But um, I think that it's just early in the season. It's, this is a weird time, man. Like this, like this pandemic era stuff. It's not like this year's any, like is, is much different than last year. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, right? Like, I think we just got to find some rhythm and play some defense. <laughs> well, so we're in, we're in agreement that something has to change. We can't be making excuses any longer. This isn't good. It's becoming a pattern. So the question is, how hot is Adrian his seat right now? And I, I want to preface this by saying that Adrian Heath is a professional. He is a good coach. He has said time and time again that this is a results-driven business. He knows the situation that he's in. He knows that starting the season with four losses is not a good thing. And I want to make it clear that I, my first, like if, if I control the world and I can just control what happens, it is that Adrian Heath and the team are able to figure this out, get out of this tough situation, and make it happen. That would be my preference, and it should be every Minnesota United fan's preference. I don't know if it necessarily is, but we're hearing a lot of Heath out right now. Oh, yeah, it's great fun. So I kind of went through and just took a tally of the firings that have taken place within the last several years within the MLS, because... I did not realize this, guys. The MLS is 
pretty much as trigger happy with firings as any other league in the world. And the MLS in, at least in 2019, had more firings than any other North American professional sports league, at least of the major ones. Did you know that? Did not know that. I did not. So, yeah. So in 2017, there were four midseason firings. And this doesn't include like resignations or parting on mutual terms. This is just flat out firings. So 2017, four midseason firings. 2018, there were three midseason firings. In 2019, and I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail here, there were six midseason firings. The first one being the Colorado Rapids after nine games in which there were seven losses, two draws, and no wins. I will add they did not make the playoffs this year. FC Cincinnati was the second team in 2019 to move on from their coach. That was after 11 games with seven losses, two draws, and three wins. They also did not make the playoffs. New England Revolution was the third team to fire their coach after 12 games with eight losses, two draws, and two wins. They did make the playoffs under a new coach. RSL was then the fourth team to fire their coach, but that was related to Mike Mike Petke uh, yelling a homophobic slur. So that was after 24 games of nine losses, four draws, and 11 wins. They ended up finishing third in the West and did make the conference semifinals. Houston fired their coach after 25 games, 13 losses, three draws, and nine wins. Most of those wins were in the start of the season, and their losing streak came later. They did not make the playoffs. Finally, Montreal, after 27 games of 13 losses, four draws, and 10 wins. So if we're going by 2019, I I hear a lot of Heath out talk. It's probably a little early. Heath does have time to turn things around. 2020, though, was an interesting season with firings because the firings that took place were all for higher profile, more marquee teams. And some of them came pretty quick. Now, Atlanta in 2020 fired uh, Frank DeBoer after five games of three losses and two wins. I will add that that whole situation seemed uneasy. It seemed like It was not a good relationship between the coach and the club. And definitely there was not a good relationship between the coach and the fan base. So I'm not surprised that that one went a little bit quicker. Um, Adrian Heath, by all accounts, seems to have a very strong relationship with the club. New York Red Bulls, after nine games, moved on from their coach. Again, another kind of perennial MLS power Nine games of four losses, two draws, and three wins. They did make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, just to cut it, like, that's not a bad start. Well, like, some of the big clubs in Europe, they fire their coach for not winning the Champions League. Yeah. Like, if if, you, if after nine games you had 11 points, sure, it's not great, but, like, getting fired? There, there might be something else behind that, I guess just like there was for Atlanta. There might be. There there might be. I'm not yeah. totally up to date on New York Red Bulls. I do know that they won over like the past decade. They won the Supporter Shield several times and never quite met, never quite won the MLS Cup. So yeah, okay. 
they are a club of higher expectations, kind of like a Paris Saint-Germain, right? Like Paris Saint-Germain fired Thomas Tuchel, who now coaches for Chelsea. They were in the Champions League final last year. He, he didn't win it and didn't start the season. They didn't start the season the best. It doesn't look like they're going to win Liga Un this year for the first time in forever. But they fired him after taking them to a Champions League final. Or yeah. think, think about Tottenham, right? Like firing Pochettino. To move on to Jose Mourinho, like they thought that was going to work out for him. But there are some clubs that are a little that have higher expectations that get a little bit trigger happy when they maybe shouldn't and aren't as aren't as patient patient. And I think in 2020, I think we saw a little bit more of this with Atlanta, New York Red Bulls, DC United was next with 16 games and LA Galaxy was the fourth after 20 games. So Atlanta, New York Red Bulls, DC United, LA Galaxy, I would say all of them are of a higher pedigree than those six teams I listed in 2019. I would, if we're being honest, all of those are bigger jobs than Minnesota United as well. So, I I mean, I don't know. Like, we hear a lot about a coaching change for Minnesota United. And guys, thank you for bearing with me as I just kind of listed off a bunch of teams and a bunch of games and wins and losses and stuff. But I think that that is good perspective. So we'll we'll talk about it. I don't really want it to happen, but what would Minnesota United have to gain from a coaching change? Oh man, I mean, I mean, I know that this is probably the same for most managers, right? But this team is kind of tailor made to what Adrian Heath wants to do, right? So having a coaching change is just going to have someone else turning the knobs for the same exact group of players. And I mean, not to say that somebody couldn't come in and maybe kind of know the the special sauce to make us better, but I don't know. I just, I feel like Heath is just so instrumental to this organization. And I think he gets a lot of credit for what happened last year. I cannot imagine, like aside from, from like if we lost the first like 10 games, maybe not 10 games, I don't know. Like maybe my magic number is if we start like, oh, in maybe eight, like don't have a single point after eight games. It's see you later. But that would be, man, that'd be catastrophic. What if after eight games, there's two draws and no wins? Like, is that much better? I mean, if, if we, if Hanu shows up, if Fragapani shows up, all the cars are back in the garage, you know, and we can't <laughs> look what a great saying, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and we can't, we can't win a game. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, that's there. There needs to be a conversation at some point. I mean, but also, sure, uh, a coaching change will kind of. Usually, you see when there's a coaching change, the team might actually win the first two or three games after the coaching change. New manager pump. Yeah, it's the new manager. Everyone's fresh. They're excited. It's something totally different. They go and suddenly smash three games and it all looks good. And then it really sets in whether the manager's any good or not based on whether they keep winning or they just slump back into losing. But in the last two years, out of all those stats that you listed off, Sam, only two out of those 10 teams went on to make the playoffs. You know, a 20% conversion rate doesn't does not spark joy, right? Doesn't uh, doesn't inspire confidence. So, 
at some point well, we would need RSL to would have made the playoffs, but I don't know if they really count because they they were not fired. He was not fired because of performance, but no, yeah, I mean, still two out of nine is not yeah. not that much better. But yeah, I agree with I agree with Justin. I think if we're still winless after after about eight games, I think it might be. You've got to try something. <laughs> you know, if if you've gotten that far and and nothing's happening, then yeah, I mean, there's got to be some change. And it's actually ironic for me because speaking of the Arsenal Minnesota link, because I was looking back, I decided to take a look back down uh, a few of Arsenal's last games. And you know what formation they trot out? A four-two-three-one, uh, <laughs> which is. Exactly what we've been throwing out before this game. So I don't know if he's taking notes from the Arteta handbook or not. The possible gains I could see, and you know, I know no one wants to hear me talk about Chelsea, but Chelsea went through this this year, and there are some similarities. With uh, Adrian Heath, you know he has his preferred guys. You know he has his preferred 11. This year, and it really is just because of injuries, this is the first time when you actually feel like you have to guess the lineup. Every game, this this is the first time where I'm actually looking at the lineup and I'm like, ooh, what's it going to be today? And even then, nothing is too surprising. It was a little surprising to see a 4-3-3. I wouldn't say it was super surprising. And honestly, the midfield was the main section where we're like, ooh, is it going to be Gregish, Ozzy, or Trap? Like, what combination of those three players? But <laughs> All three. <laughs> Adrian Heath has his guys. And when you have managers who have their guys... You, you tend to kind of lose the competitive edge around the squad. And Frank Lampard, before he was sacked from Chelsea this year, he had his guys too. And since Thomas Tuchel took over Chelsea, you have seen way more players get in the start. You don't know what his lineup is going to be. It's not very predictable. And you can just tell that he reopened the competition for some of these minutes. And again, let me be clear. I don't want this to happen to Adrian Heath. I want us to figure this out. But that is something that could potentially be gained from a coaching change is to open up some competition. We talked about the young guns that didn't get their shot off the bench today. Justin Justin McMaster, Foster Langsdorf, um, Nabi Kimaguchi. Shoot, there was another guy that... Patrick Way. Patrick Way, yeah. Those guys didn't get their shot today. Maybe a new coach comes in and tries to work some of those guys into the lineup or makes it a legit competition for playing time. And competition could rise the level of play for all around. Maybe there's no way that that's going to happen because none of those guys are ready. That, that's the other thing, too, is a new manager could come in and come to the same conclusion that Adrian Heath has about his lineup and about who his top guys are. The The second thing I could see happen that could potentially be a positive if there was to be a coaching change is just a refresh in tactics. If we really do have the best team that Minnesota United has had ever, right? If this squad really is supposed to be better than the 2020 squad that went to the semifinal of the MLS is back and went to the Western conference final. If this squad is really that much better, then it has to be the tactics we can't just keep being this unlucky if we have this great of a team. So maybe there needs to be a refresh. Not to bring things back to Chelsea, 
But we all thought Chelsea had a horrible defense when Frank Lampard was the coach. Well, no one's saying that now. In fact, people say that Chelsea is very frustrating to play with, to play defensively. There are some positives besides just a new manager bump that can come out of making a coaching change. Not that I want to see it happen, but just trying to make sense of the situation. Those are just a couple of things that come to mind. Do you think that we're at a stage where actually we should be starting our young guns to see if they do anything any different and then bringing on the experienced guys later in the game? I mean, I know sure Heath doesn't do that many substitutions normally, but no, I, I don't I don't necessarily think so. In the post game, Kendra de Sedabin was talking about how her her thoughts for Vancouver is this lineup looked great in the first half. Things were finally clicking. We finally got those big plays. We finally looked dangerous as a team. She was saying, bring those same guys right back on out. And I think I have to agree, but the game plan has to be different. We can't be giving up. We, we can't just be taking it on defense and just waiting for the inevitable goal to come against us. Well, three goals. Three goals, yeah. Because Vancouver aren't shabby. You know, they have two wins and a draw and a loss. Right, and they were supposed to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's not too much more to add, man. Like, yeah, we could sit here for another two hours and probably just talk about the same stuff over and over. But I think maybe something I'd like to see is maybe I know Ethan Finlay came on for injury or whatever. Um, it'd be nice to see him come in in like the 60th minute, right? Like, I don't know when did he when did he jo- when did he come into the game? What was after Mantier was hurt? 67. Oh man, really? It was that man. He just. I know he just had a kid. Shout out to shout out to him and his wife, and shout out to moms on Mother's yep. Day. Man, he usually he usually brings brings the fire when he comes in late, and I guess I just didn't really feel that. It felt like it felt like we had no punch at the end there. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to have someone to interject, right? And I think we saw that with McMaster, and we saw that you know with the young guys with with Patrick Wea. Man, I, I I am frustrated. I guess the, the big thing I was frustrated about the game was was the substitution decisions, right? Like taking Ray out. I understand, like you know, James, you said it, right? Like we're in we're in basically like salvage a draw mode. Like, so you're gonna take your best player out of the game? And and maybe that was planned. Maybe they're like going into the game, they're like, okay, we're gonna only play him for 70 something minutes so that he can have his legs. You know, on, on Wednesday when we have the short week, right? The short turnaround. But man, take you take your best your best player out of the game when you're when you're t- tied two two. You're not going to win the game. Like, so I like to see us make. I know, like, I know that that's kind of what Heath out Twitter is talking about. But like, it it'd be nice to see some good subs. You know, like, and we didn't see that in the last game. You know, the sub moves did not help our team improve. All right, guys. I don't know if any of us have more to add. We got Vancouver coming up on Wednesday, May 12th at 8 p.m. I am pretty psyched that I have the day off on Thursday because it's a it's a Muslim holiday and most of my students are Muslim. So I have the day off. So I'm going to be staying up late watching that game. 
Starts at eight PM, right? Is that is that late for you now? Yeah, yeah, an eight an eight o'clock game. Okay. It'll end at ten. I I'm usually still awake at ten o'clock on a on a school night, but I'll just be I'll just be able to in, enjoy it and not have to worry about being tired the next day. We then have Dallas Saturday, May fifteenth at seven o'clock. Both these at Allianz Field. Hopefully some of you got tickets and are going to go get that experience. Cheer loud because we got to turn this around. (laughs) That is the plan. Well, looking at, I mean, looking at the schedule, I think James, I think, you know, I think your dream is going to come true with the congestion of these two games, right? Like there has to be, they have to play different guys. I know, you know, Kendra said to trot out the same group for next week or for Wednesday, excuse me, but and then, and then have them play on Saturday right after that, right? So I assume that there's going to be some changes. Maybe we can see some different faces. Maybe McMaster, give him a chance to start one of these games so we can see what he looks like, you know, on the left side in the, the beginning of a game, right? Not just as like a, a last, like a late a late sub bringing some energy. So I'm interested to see what we do with the, the, the changes we make and, and hopefully get some new blood into the game. And, you know, you got to do whatever you can to win a game. I think that's that. That's the goal at this point, right? Even getting a draw would be kind of a womp womp, right? Like, so we got to get a win. Yeah, and go get it. And I agree. I agree. You got. You've put some of these guys through ninety minutes of Colorado altitude, and then you want them to back it up five days later with another full ninety minutes. No excuses, yeah. James. I am just spitballing. The media are going to yeah. make excuses, but we're not going to we're not going to make excuses. No. <laughs> Excuse-free zone on pot on your loons. All right, fellas. Until next time. Pot, pot on, on your loons. loons. Pot on your loons. Peace. Peace out. Peace.